original investigators believe he murdered her. They yeah. just can't prove it. It's my first initial call to the private investigator working on my dad's case. My wife jumps up from the table and says, God, who is this man coming in the backyard? I divorced him because I couldn't trust him at all. He lied to me at the very beginning. He was living two separate lives. In the water about 30 yards away, and I identified it as it was a person. You are listening to season two of Ashes to Ash. What happened to Carolyn Blankenfeld? Episode five, Mind Games. We pull up to the house that Chris bought. Oh, that looks closed up, right? Oh, it's pretty, pretty effectively shut down. Okay, I feel confident that we can pull right in front of the house right now. You just want to pull right up to it? Yeah. Okay. Somebody's still getting a newspaper delivered. The yard looks fenced. Well, there's furniture. Look at there's a cat there's house. There's a cat tower, there's a security oh, system. Shit. Oh my god. Wow, I just think no one's probably home. That's crazy. But definitely someone lives there. You should uh, go up to the door. Yeah, I need to knock. Alright, I'm gonna go up. Okay. Okay, you gonna stay with her? Yeah, we'll hang. We'll hang, Bree. Okay. This way we have video of Ash being abducted in yeah. the home. Yeah, alright. I'm so anxious for you right now. Oh, shit. Here she goes. Oh, my God. There's some severe anxiety going on right now. I walk up to the front door and ring the bell. I'm not, like... Uh, uh, can you still see her? Back at our interview with Danielle, she explains. Anyway, so I got a job there. That was fine. So I would take money and I would hide it. So I could kind of make a little nest egg for myself. So when it was time, I had enough money and we can go. Like, we would be okay. And every time I turned around, that money was gone. It would just disappear and just he didn't know what happened to it. Where were you putting it? I hid it in my closet in my bathrobe pocket. Like all the places that probably everybody would hide money. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, your top sock drawer. Like, seems like again, a good place until... I probably wasn't the smartest girl. <laughs> so then there was just like this kind of silent understanding almost between you two. Like, because you knew you were hiding it. And you knew it was disappearing, and then he was saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. How yeah. many times would you say you hid money and it ended up missing? After the second time, I started putting money at the neighbor's house. Oh, smart. It happened twice. Yeah. He got me one more time. I had planned a trip to Connecticut to go see my grandmother because she was ill, and I had been working and saving up. So we were in the airport, and Brie had to use the restroom. So he said, well, I'm going to call... Connecticut and make sure that they're going to come pick you up. So him and Sheldon took my bags and they went to make a phone call and we went to the restroom. We came out and back then you could walk 
people to the gates. Mm -hmm. So he said, yeah, your mom's gonna be there to pick you up. And he was acting really weird. Once I got to New York, come to find out my grandmother had passed while I was traveling and he knew that. So I thought that's why he was acting really weird. So now I'm in Connecticut and I have to do my grandmother's funeral. So I go to shop to buy something and there's no money in my purse. Wow. He took every single cent that I had. What do you think was prompting him to do that? I don't know. I don't know if it, it was didn't seem like he control. Either, right? I don't know because it's not like he was giving me the feeling like he still wanted to be with me. It kind of just turned into like I was just kind of like the nanny. Yeah. Like the kids and I were just there. Like it was his world and you guys were just kind of in it. Yeah. When you got the call from the creditor about the credit card, was it a card that was in his name that you got a call? It was in your name. It was in my name. Was it only in your name? Yep. And so did mm -hmm. you confront him on that? And Absolutely. And so what did, what did he say? He just doesn't know. And he said that he's had that happen multiple times and that Cindy... Just a quick reminder, Cindy is Chris's first wife and Bree's biological mother would take his name and social security numbers and stuff. She ran up his credit like crazy and it's probably maybe something along there and he just doesn't know. His thought was Cindy somehow got your social security number and opened a card. Now, did you ever figure out 100%? Mm -mm. Did you have to pay that card off? So no, I've, once I left and I moved back to Connecticut, I had to write back and forth with these creditors and it took a really long time to prove wow. that they weren't my charges. It was a lot. It was a whole lot of different cards and... and so it wasn't just one, it was multiple. Yeah, wow. we discovered it because Chris and I went to buy a house. When they did the credit reports, he kept saying that those were from Cindy and those weren't his and those weren't his. And I was like, what is all this stuff? So at that point, that's when I had said, I can't buy a house with you. So we didn't end up buying a house. And at that point, I really started to give him a hard time about building a relationship with the kids. I had told him I was going to Connecticut to be with my family for a little bit so he can have some alone time with the kids and figure out, do you still want this family? And the first day I was gone, he sent me a dozen roses to my mom's house telling me, you know, please come home, we miss you. And then the third day he called me and asked me when I was coming to get my stuff. When you went to Connecticut, I know you went for a different reason, but when you went there, were you thinking to yourself, I'm not gonna come home? Were things ever so bad that you were even concerned that they might not continue after that point? No, I was fine with not continuing it with him. It was just starting to get really weird because he started, he would call me at work and ask me to stop or meet us over here at a friend's house so I would go straight from work and instead of going home, I would stop at one of our friend's house in our little division where we lived, mm -hmm. in the townhouse that we lived in. Right. And he wouldn't be there. And then he would show up on the door, like accusing me of being someplace I'm not supposed to be. Like making me come across like I'm a shady person. There was a married couple that lived across the street and they started noticing because he would say stuff to them, but then he was caught contradicting himself seeing stuff that I was doing, but they had already seen me. At that point, once that wife had said something to me about it and brought it to my attention, like, you're not crazy, he's making you look like you're doing bad stuff. 
you know, in a poor light. And I was like, I can't do this. I just, I can't do this. It just wasn't healthy. Back at the house. Doorbell rung. I might dip you below just for a second, just so that like, if someone comes to the door, they don't see that I'm holding a, a phone. Okay. I anxiously wait to see if anyone answers. <laughs> oh my God. You're not even here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so are there like neighbors outside right now? Not that I could see. Like it, it seems, it seems like a really nice neighborhood. After a few minutes of no answer, I head back to the car. Oh, here she comes. Doesn't look like anyone answered. Someone just pulled up in front of us. I mean, they're pulling into their driveway and they don't seem to like be ogling. Like, who the fuck is that like orange oh. car? Oh, hello, sorry, I'm coming. Oh, she's running back. Danielle continues. Okay, so we lived in these townhouses and I wanna say there was like four per a unit, I guess. So we were on the end, and then there was a married couple with two children there, and then there was a single guy, and then there was a young married couple at the very end. So the single guy, his name was Eric, and that was the married couple, Mark and Jenna's brother-in-law. He lived there, and he was a truck driver. Chris had said, hey, meet me over at Eric's house. So I you know, got home, parked my car, I went over and knocked on Eric's door, he let me in, whatever, we sat down, just talking, and he was just kind of like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, what's up? But, I mean, it was no big deal, we all hung out together. I mean, it's not like it was a secret that Chris and I were married. It was Chris and Danielle and, you know, Sheldon and Brianna. This was, this was us. Janet and Mark and Britt and Melissa. So it, it was no big deal. And then next thing you know, there was a knock on the door and it was Chris hooting and hollering that, what am I doing here? I can't believe you're over at his house. What's going on between the two of you? And I'm like, you told me to come, you called me at work and said, come here. So it was just little stuff like that, that he started to do to make me, like I was really starting to wonder, am I really like purposely doing stuff? But even if he didn't call, it wouldn't be unusual for me to go sit on the front porch with Eric and drink a beer or smoke a cigarette well, yeah, or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you put the kids to bed and everybody just hangs out in front. We would have cookouts in our front yard. Everybody would bring their grills to the front and it was normal and natural for all of us to hang out. It wasn't like it was ever planned. It just, everything just kind of happened. Do you think part of that was like not only trying to crazy make you, but then get others around to believe that what Absolutely. he was saying was true? Because yeah, that seems like, I mean, Absolutely. that's even going further that is so far because now he's involved Eric, the poor well, bystander. Yes. And then Jerry and Linda across the street, Linda was the one that had pointed out to me, all of our chairs were in a big horseshoe. And he was saying something to somebody down here about what I had done earlier that day, but I was with her all day. So she happened to overhear it and she did come and she said to me, this is what he's doing. And I'm like, but why? Like, right. I was so naive. It's really sad. And it was just little things like that that he would do. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just didn't like the fact that he didn't have a relationship with the kids. Like, I'm an adult and I mean, you wanna play head games with me, like, I'm an adult. 
you know, that's between the two of us, but like, it's not fair to your kids. Like they're living underneath the same roof with you and like, you don't know them. You don't even know what to cook them for dinner. Like that's sad. At some point I feel like the fairy tale must have come to a crashing halt. Mm -hmm. It just, it just stopped. That Would you say that happened pretty quickly after you got to Colorado or would yes. you? I felt like it happened almost instantly once we were living together full time. That's when it. he was there every single day. And I don't know if he was resentful because I wanted him there every day to be with the family, but I thought that I would take a step back and let the three of them try to build their unit and then step back in is what I thought was gonna happen. And then that was it, he just ripped them away, just like that fast. So you went to Connecticut and had you guys even spoken about how this might not be working between the two no. of you? I just said you need to build a relationship with your kids, like they need to know who you are and you need to know who they are. He agreed and I flew to Connecticut and that first full day there, he sent me a dozen roses and he misses me and he can't wait for, they, they can't wait for me to come home. And then my third day there, he called my mom's home phone and said, when are you coming to get your stuff? And I was like, uh, okay, so then I guess it's over. One of the neighbors had, said that he had possibly somebody on the side and I was like, well, I mean, I thought that if he would work late or then I was working too. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I would come home and all I would do is just be with them. After the manipulation started, I kind of just closed up a little bit. My focus was just on the kids. I was okay with it. Like I said, the only thing that really truly bothered me was that they just didn't know him. So he calls and says, when you come and get your stuff, okay. So probably a week, two weeks had gone by and he asked if I would be willing to go to family therapy to talk to the kids about us splitting up. And I was like, absolutely, you know, But of you course. hadn't seen the kids since you went to Connecticut. So right, you, okay. I never saw And that. when you left, you didn't know that was okay. No, and the agreement was that I would take out of the marriage what I went in with the marriage and I would still be able to be in contact with the kids. That yeah. was fine. I didn't, I didn't want anything from him. I didn't want Alma. I didn't want anything. I just wanted to be able to continue the relationship with them. Even if it was long distance, I would have been okay with that. I would have figured something out. And he had said, okay. I flew back to Colorado. Well, when I got back to the townhouse, the kids weren't there. Mm -hmm. And he said that they were with his sister and that it would be better for us just to all talk with a therapist. Okay, fine. I was going to do whatever was best for them. I got there and of course the kids weren't there and it wasn't a family therapist. It was a marriage counselor. And at that point I was just like, I'm this is so crazy, like you just keep lying. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the kids? So I never got to see the kids again. I got to go back to the townhouse, pack up my stuff. He sold my car. He agreed to pay for a U-Haul so I can just get out of his life, come get all the stuff. He paid for all of it and that was it, sent me on my way. What he would agree to is he would let me buy stationery and stamps for the kids and he would allow the kids and I to write back and forth. 
and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I never heard anything. He was gone from that townhouse within a month of me moving my stuff out. I mean, they were gone that fast. Phone numbers were changed. There was just nothing. Jenna had told me that he was dating somebody that works at a bank and has two children. Remember that Jenna was a neighbor of Chris and Danielle. And that the kids go to school together and that's how we met her. Wow. I was really, really sad, but I had no, I had no rights. How long did you write letters to the kids for? A long time. Did you assume either they weren't writing back or did you assume that they weren't being given to them? I assumed both. I figured once I knew that they had moved and he moved them in with somebody else, I just wanted that next woman to love on them. Yeah. So, I'm gonna cry. Oh, well, <laughs> Sorry. no, it's very, it's very painful. Uh, it's just, you know, it makes you, I just, I don't know what else I could have done different. I don't know, I was so mm. young and... He had you up against the wall. I mean, what would you do? And you hadn't even been married, it had, not like the marriage had been 10 years with the kids, that might have been different, but it was yeah. such a short period. And as far as you know, you never got a letter. I mean, I know you might not remember everything, but you just don't even remember that at all. Yeah, I think I, I, think I would remember if I got a letter from you. And I never heard another word. So then if eventually you were just like, I'm gonna let that chapter go to bed. Yeah, there's nothing else I can do about it. Right. There was something in my stomach that when I did move back and we were going through the divorce, I mean, I went back to Connecticut, I got a job, but I got a job under the table. And for some reason, I just didn't want him to know where I was. Like, I just wanted to just hide from him almost. And I rented an apartment, but it was an apartment that I didn't have to have a lease or my name in. So in pen and paper, like I was nowhere to be found. You just couldn't, you just wouldn't be able to find me. So there was just, even though there hadn't been any physical violence against yep. you, but there was just such there a There was just something that, I don't know what, it, I don't know if it was just the degree of the manipulation. I don't really know. I don't know if it was because he hurt me so bad, but at the same time, I shouldn't have been so naive. We've all been there. <laughs> Unfortunately. I don't know, so I just, I kind of just hid. Did you ever like look mm -hmm. up Chris or the kids or did you just kind of? I never searched for him. Yeah. I never had any desire. I did search for the kids over, you know, every few years I would kind of put in Facebook and like nothing would come up. They were so young and I just hoped that whoever stepped in after was just their perfect fit for all of them. How did you feel when you saw that message from me last year? I felt a little sick to my stomach, to be honest. Same house, <laughs> but like in a good way. So I was excited, and then I saw your picture. She looks the same exact. I was very happy. It sucks that it's under these circumstances. Back at the house, someone answers the ring alarm on the door. She's running back. Can you hear me? Oh. Oh. Who are you looking for? Oh, Chris Blankenfeld? Do I have the wrong address? Who are you looking for? Chris Blankenfeld. Danielle continues. When you heard from Jolie and the Jen, the neighbors, mm -hmm. her name Jen, that he moved the kids in with another woman, did you think? I thought he wanted me gone all along. I feel like he used me as a stepping stone. 
clearly he didn't put a fight up <laughs> to keep our marriage yeah. going. When are you coming to get your stuff? And I'm like, okay, wow, that, that was that fast. So during the divorce proceedings, was it a pretty smooth process? Cause I'm I never spoke was... to him. We did everything through the mail. We may have had one, two, three conversations on the phone. Just um, FedExing this to you, sign it and send it right back. That was it. He just had nothing else to say to me. And I would say, well, what about the kids? If you do this, then the agreement will be held. Okay, so I did everything. I signed everything. I walked away with nothing. I walked away with the marriage when I walked in with it. And that was it. Yeah. My furniture, my grandmother's china, and that was it. And in the promise to be able to still be with them. And that never happened. I never saw him again until today. We've been trying to figure out the timeline. Talking to you has verified it a little bit more. I met Jenny at school in third grade and we were in the same class. Jenny is Carolyn's biological daughter. And Jenny came over to play at the townhouse mm -hmm. and Carolyn brought Jenny over and that's how they met. Like maybe it was while you were in Connecticut or maybe it was while you were at work. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you know how long from that first meeting to when you guys moved in with her was? No. I can't that's remember. A tough one, I know. Well, what does your dad say? I haven't talked to him in a long time. We have pictures yeah. with dates on them from when they That's were taken and amazing. then the divorce papers. Back at the house, the conversation continues. You looking in the window? I think you have the wrong house. Oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to disturb you. Oh, hang on. I finally walked back to the car. I think we've had progress. So it looks like they have one of those like ring, like nest security systems so that like if you ring the doorbell and nobody's home, they can pull up the camera. Oh my God. And I think that's what it was. What if my dad answered it? It wasn't. It was like, a, it was a woman's voice, right? Yeah. But she seemed confused. She said, she was like, who? So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's interesting because I feel like that means it's that house is being rented. I'm going to guess that was the renter. I don't know though. Cause like I, she seemed to, I said, is Chris there or Chris Blankenfeld there? And she goes, who? Like real genuinely. And then I asked again and she's like, I think you have the wrong address. So I feel like if she's renting it, that means there's a management team between or she's really good at making that not seem obvious. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to guess it's probably a family renting it. It's just weird because this doesn't seem like a neighborhood where you'd rent a house. Yeah. But I guess there's always rentals in weird spots. I feel like we've come all this way. I really should have asked more questions. I instead just wanted to run away. You, you let the anxiety take over a little bit? Like, are, was that lady renting this house? That would be interesting. If we can find a sale record for this house that matches to him, and he's no longer living here, it's either sold or it's being rented. I just want to know if this person's renting. I really, really wish I'd asked, even if she hadn't answered me. I want to figure out who that lady is. Like, I need to know her name. Right? So I just, if they're renting, I don't know if we're going to be able to I find do, information. I do worry that we are chasing a bit of a white rabbit with this location. Right. 
I believe yeah. that the location dictates an interesting story about him. But I don't know if this location is interesting in and of itself. It'd be very interesting if we could find out who that woman was. Or did he play the I'm a widowed, I'm a widower? Or did she know him from before? Yeah, exactly. Like, were they... I mean, that seems like a fast pace to buy a house, especially in Wisconsin when he lives in Alabama. So, like... Even if you're a widower. I'm sorry. If, if you could walk up to me and be like, yeah, no, no, no issues, no problems whatsoever. Like, my wife is 100% dead as of four months ago. We can totally do whatever we want. I would be like, um... Not buy a house together. You probably need to go see a therapist for a couple years. How long were you guys married? You're trying to get into a new relationship? What the f... So there's... there's... Yeah. But there's a certain side of me that's like, well, us sitting here in a New Jersey car outside of this house, if there is any connection to him still... Is probably not the best. Is probably not the smartest way to approach this moving forward. Okay, so I think we're going to head out from here because I don't even if we waited for her to come home I think it's going to be the same result just creepier just creepier (laughs) we'll just help establish ourselves as much creepier um so I think that we'll just I think we have to look into where this woman is but I don't think this is the way to find I don't think this is the house to find it at so okay all right all right no, I'm happy we were here. I'm happy we at least put this this part to bed because now we know we'd have to look further. So, okay. all right. I love you, Brie. Love you too. Okay, bye. <laughs> Back at Danielle's, Danielle shows Brie old pictures of Brie as a child. And then baby, and then this one. That I think that was at Annie's house. Reminder that Annie is my mom and Brie's aunt. All right, let's see what we have here. This starts in 96. This, I want to say, was going my trip to move there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I must have moved there in 96. Okay. Yeah, that looks like Colorado. Uh-huh. Because there you are. I don't know if this was like first day of school, these pictures here. Oh, that was my bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Halloween. I think that Halloween it snowed so much. And then we all went to that dance at the school. And then we came back to the house. Do any of the kids look familiar? I definitely recognize Brittany. I mean, I remember Ryan, like, I'm still friends with him on, like, Facebook and stuff. That was crazy hot day at school. You guys are waiting on the bus. Did Sheldon make his? Uh Uh-huh. It's funny. My mom came to visit, and she took us to the North Pole. There was a magic show. Oh, okay. And then he had called people up to stage, and I was like, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Sheldon. They admire a photo of Sheldon, Bree's brother, sitting on Santa's lap. So cute. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I remember you like. Just always so crazy. I'm still like that. Okay, so this is in December of 97. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made this 
big huge Christmas tree on the wall like we put lights up and then we made ornaments and we made a huge tree just on the wall mm -hmm. and I remember your dad came home and he was like what the hell is that <laughs> I was like it's beautiful <laughs> Oh yeah, he's a neat freak. I'm yeah. sure you remember. You and Sheldon were in my mom's wedding. It was in the backyard. You had on, it was like a, a white and yellow dress, I think. It had like little yellow daisies on it. And you had this little flower thing on your head. Because you were a little flower girl. You were so cute. Oh, and this. <laughs> you were so cute. I don't think you'd see me wearing that Probably nowadays. not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Okay, so now we're in April of... 98, 98. 90, 98 or 99 here. Well, count the candles. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. So Sheldon was 10 for his 10th birthday. So I was 7? Yeah, you were 7. So it would have been 97? No. Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Over ninety-eight. Okay. Uh, <gasps> that looks like Austin. And just a reminder, Austin is Carolyn's biological son. Does that look like Austin to you? Oh shit. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino. Associate Producer, Kate Girodano. Special Guest, Bree. Interviewee, Danielle. Technical Swimmer, Victoria Gockler. Crew Member, Cole Ellers. Music Score, David Patino. Please go to ashes2ashtv.com to subscribe. www.ashestoashtv.com if you know of any illegal activity involving this case, please reach out to your local law enforcement. If you would like to give a tip or information, please email me at ashland57 at gmail.com. A-S-H-L-A-N-D 57 at gmail.com. I promise I can keep you anonymous.